Across America, it's the weekend with Joe Pags. To talk to Joe, call 800-501-7080. And now, the weekend. Here's Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on, obviously, happening around the world. There's a ton going on here in the United States, a ton going on in North America. And I don't know that we'll have time to get to all of it, to be honest with you. I'm going to have a young lady from Ukraine who's now an American citizen. At the bottom of this hour, we will have Michael Franzese, the former mob boss, on um, talking about how what we're watching happening internationally is a lot like what the mafia would do. And then we'll have Jason Ho, he's a, he's a guy from Taiwan, who's going to talk about what China is likely to do now, that Putin is, uh, is attacking Ukraine. You know, we haven't talked a whole lot about um, what happened in Canada in the past few days because Russia is attacking Ukraine. You've got, oddly, you've got the left in this country trying to pretend like somehow Trump caused this or somehow Trump was complicit or Vladimir Putin didn't attack Ukraine because he somehow owns Trump and Trump is his puppet. Let me see how clear I can make this. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. How exactly is it that Trump is Putin's puppet and therefore, Putin decided to not be the bully he is for four years. How is that possible? How is it possible? And it's not, if you use your brain. How is it possible that Putin, who was allegedly more emboldened under Trump, didn't do anything? Iran was more emboldened under Trump. They didn't do anything. North Korea, same thing, didn't do anything. ISIS was wiped out by Trump, so that wasn't weak. China hated Trump because he he made them pay their fair share in taxes by adding tariffs to their goods so that we could compete here. What we're hearing, like Rachel Maddow is the top trend on Twitter. Rachel Maddow came out and tried to make the argument that Putin's doing this because of Trump. Little backstory. I like Rachel Maddow. Haven't talked to her in more than a decade, but I like her. And I don't mean I like her by watching her. I don't watch her show. I watched it one time when she said she had Trump's tax return. And on that show, she proved that Trump paid $36 million in taxes in that year. Remember, we all had to tune into Rachel Maddow. Turns out Trump paid way more in taxes than she thought, than I thought, than you thought. But I like her because I know her personally. We were invited to CNN 2007, 2008, around like that. And we did a pilot. It was going to be left versus right. She's on the left, I'm on the right. And it went very well. We did like a week's worth of shows on CNN Headline News. But Headline News was becoming more left and really didn't have room for any conservative voices. And it didn't happen. Now, I was told it didn't happen because she wasn't ready for TV. She was probably told it didn't happen because I wasn't. Now, I'd had years of TV by then, and the show was pretty good. And we got along fine. Off the air, we were very friendly. So seeing her now as somehow the beacon and bastion of liberalism that somehow sets the trends every day is very interesting to me. Because I think that she's in the bag for the left even more than she was back then. I mean, back then we could argue and debate, but now it's company line, lockstep, 
Trump bad, Biden good, Trump evil, Biden an angel, uh, and left is right, right is wrong. I find that all to be very, very strange. Came out and said something about how Putin did this, and here are the 18 reasons, and it's all caused basically by Trump. I like to deal in fact. I don't like to deal in feelings. People know this about me. I can work through where people are having an emotional reaction to something and try to give you a very direct, non-emotional answer. Just here's a fact. And the fact is, Trump held the bad guys on earth in check for four years. Biden comes in, already they're starting to feel their oats, and then completely screws up Afghanistan. Once he does that, that tells Russia, do anything you want, we can't stop you. It tells China, do anything you want, we can't stop you. One of his first moves was to shut down the, the, the sanctions against the Nord Stream 2 pipeline, which is Russia's pipeline that makes him billions of dollars in sending oil and energy to Europe, the rest of Europe. And you might think to yourself, well, in a very non-emotional way, here's the question. Why would we stop oil and energy from going to our friends in Europe? Because they're buying it from a bad guy. And what Trump said when he was in office was actually very simple. You're buying oil and energy from this guy. We're protecting you from that guy. What, 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 do, you, what do you think, we're stupid? You must think we're stupid. That's basically what he said. We're protecting you from him. You're giving him billions of dollars a year for energy. You want energy? Get it from us. He looked him in the face and said, we're not going to continue to protect you from the guy that you're, that you're buying energy from. And they actually had a deal done. You had Rick Perry sitting there as the energy secretary. You had Donald Trump, the president, sitting there saying, you need to buy the energy from us. And the EU said, okay, I, you're right, we will. And we made a deal to sell them LNG, liquefied natural gas. Look it up. Nord Stream 2 was stopped. Keystone XL pipeline was going to be completed. We're doing research and development and getting more resources out of Anwar. And by the way, the, the Keystone XL pipeline, that's to take the dirty crude from Canada, our friends in Canada, and pipe it down to the Houston area where it can be refined. We were a net exporter of oil. We were energy independent. Biden comes in, shuts down the Keystone XL pipeline, kills thousands of jobs. When he or Buttigieg or John Kerry, John Kerry, were asked about this, their answer was they can get solar jobs, making solar panels, the people who are out of work. I kid you not, that's what they said. Kind of like saying, let them eat cake. Uh, let them eat cake. He shuts down Keystone XL, he he takes away the restrictions on Nord Stream 2, so that pipeline gets to continue. Russia gets its billions of dollars. EU can't buy anything from us anymore because we're not producing as much as we were. And then we have to beg OPEC to increase oil production to keep prices low, which isn't happening. And this was purposeful because of the greeny weenies, because of the progressive that surround him because of whoever's really running the administration it's not him it's obama or ron Klain or somebody we're now in a horrible situation a year into his presidency a year in 
and bad actors around the world are doing bad things. Yet Rachel Maddow and the left in this country want you to believe that Donald Trump did it somehow. It doesn't make any sense. It's actually legitimately stupid. Stupid! Just stupid. It doesn't make any sense. And it actually makes me kind of crazy, to be honest with you. So we're watching Russia now, who says, you know, we took Crimea during Obama because he was weak. And now we'll just take, we'll just take Ukraine. Now, the argument by, by Vladimir Putin this week, before he went in, was traditionally and ethnically, this is a Russian part of the country anyway, that used to be Russia, it should be Russia again. Clearly the guy's trying to put the Soviet Union back together. Or put puppet governments in that agree with him in these countries. And it would not have been okay had he just gone in to the eastern part of of Ukraine that is ethnically Russian. No matter how much you got separatists there, they want to be Russian, whatever else, they could have moved their asses back to Russia. But instead of just going in there, he goes to the capital, which is pronounced Kiev or Kiev. I'm like, I don't speak Ukrainian, so I'm just going to say Kiev. I know that we're saying Kiev here uh, in the United States. I always thought it was Kiev. It's Kiev. He ends up going to the capital. Now, look at a map of Ukraine. The capital is nowhere near the eastern part that's ethnically and separatist-like Russian. No, no, no. They're in the country now. They're killing everybody. They're running people over with tanks. They're killing thousands of people. And the world stands by. The UN Security Council, which means nothing, does a resolution for Russia to stop. Russia is a permanent member of the Security Council and vetoed that. Duh, kick him out. But here we are. And where does he stop? Does he just take the whole country over? Does he just say, okay, this is now part of Russia? Screw you, that's the way it is. Does he put in place a puppet government? He hates the guy who's the president now because the guy is not complicit and and a, a friend of Russia. The guy Zelensky. And the entire time, you got this shell of a guy who's our president over here saying, well, now we're going to have to really put on those sanctions. Did not put on the sanctions that will actually cripple Russia. Didn't put on the sanctions against the banking system that would have cost him a trillion dollars. Did not, did not put on the kind of sanctions that he could have preemptively to stop Russia from going in. He walks out, takes a few questions, walks away, probably took a nap. You didn't see him at all the night that Russia was was invading. Didn't see anything, not hide nor hair. Did not see this guy, probably was asleep. They probably put him in some sort of a medical or medically induced coma every night just so he can go to sleep. And then yesterday he comes out, happy as can be, that he chose a Supreme Court justice based on race and on gender. So... Bottom of this hour, in about 15, 16 minutes, I will have an interview with um, Vika Grishakova. She is from Ukraine, somebody that I connected with back when Crimea was being taken by Russia. She gives us insight into what that country is, what we should know, how we can help, if if at all. And uh, you're going to want to stick around for that. But I want your thoughts as we sit back and watch Russia do anything it wants to its neighbor. And the world community basically does nothing but say words. I don't want us to go over there and fight, you know, send soldiers to Ukraine. It's not our country. But we should have had that Eastern Europe missile system set up that George W. Bush put in place that Obama canceled to make sure we could take out any aggression by Russia. Somehow, and for some reason, 
Obama said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to get rid of that. What is this weird relationship between Obama and Biden and Russia? It's very strange. And do not pay attention to the shiny things off to the side as people like Rachel Maddow say really stupid things that make no, that make no sense. They make, they make sense to the left because the left is looking for a scapegoat here. What's happening now is because we've got a weak leader in Joe Biden and his administration. 1-800-501-7080. 1-800-501-7080. JoePags.com. Stay right here. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is The Weekend with Joe Pags. Do me a favor, stop by the website. We've redesigned it. J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot com. JoePags.com. Definitely would love to hear from you. Um, stop by. Let me know what you think. Sign up for the newsletter. Just click on newsletter. It's free. Scroll down, and it is, um, you just click on contact to send me an email. A lot of people don't want to be on the radio, and that's cool. If you email me, I'll take a look at it. Not a problem. Not a problem. Um, what's interesting to me is um, is that when you redesign the website, people start to really focus on it. And we've updated my monologues, my my interviews, the different news stories that, we, that we're covering. Do me a favor and stop by there. A lot of you only hear me on the weekend. A lot of you also hear me during the week, which is great. But uh, a lot of you only hear me on the weekend, and I want you to stop by. You'll also see a link where you can listen live Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. Or you can watch the show. I do it like a TV show where you can see my big fat head. You can see Carrie, my news anchor, my technical director, Polo, my, my call screener, and daughter, Sam. So uh, stop by the website. Love to have you do that. 1-800-501-7080. 1-800-501-7080. pags.com Definitely want to hear from you on what uh, what's happening over in Ukraine and how the left is spinning this in such an odd way, such a strange way, um, that somehow this is Trump's fault. I mean, the facts don't bear out. Obviously, he kept the bad guys in check globally. And as soon as Joe Biden showed how weak he was, the bad guys uh, on the planet started being bad. Let me go to the phone lines. Line two is going to be Mike in Michigan. Mike, what's up? Yeah, Joe, how you doing? Living the dream, man. Talk to me. Yeah, Joe, first of all, I wanted to quick say uh, commend the Ukraine people for standing up and fighting against Putin's army. Uh, second of all, I, uh, Biden's... Uh, Sanctions, to me, are going to stop him one bit in his game plan. Uh, he's going to go in there. He's playing him out a little bit, you know, because uh, he knows he can get away with it. I have to believe things would be a lot different if Donald Trump was our president. Uh, it's sad, Joe. The Ukrainians are at war with Putin's army. We're at war with the Biden administration in the cost of everything. Well, listen, Mike, I hear you, and I appreciate that. This would not be happening under Trump. How do I know? I've got historical fact. For four years, they didn't try this. If Trump were, were a weak leader, and if he were Putin's puppet, Putin would have walked all over the entirety of Eastern Europe and taken it all back to reform the Soviet Union. That didn't happen because he was afraid of what the, what the guy in the White House would do. Trump had him in check. It is ignorant to suggest anything else. Let me go back at it and say hello to uh, line three is Charles in Kansas. Charles, what's going on? Hi. Hi. Uh, yeah, I... The other day, I heard a Ukrainian lady pronounce Kiev, Kiev, and I wondered if maybe you could ask the lady, your guest, maybe they pronounce it both ways. They I don't. always thought it was Kiev. And no, it's I Kiev. Just, yeah, you know, I, actually, I, asked, I asked her directly. She, was she Ukrainian. She, hello. She I was asked Ukrainian. Her, 
Hi, how are you? Listen, I talked to her and she said, we pronounce it Kiev because the West is saying Kiev, but it's actually pronounced Kiev. And then she put like a little bit of guttural in there. It's more like Kiev. So it's like that. So it is certainly not Kiev. She said that to make Americans feel comfortable. What else you got? That was it. Okay, good. Appreciate you calling in. Thanks. Open line now, 1-800-501-7080. 1-800-501-7080. It is pronounced in Ukrainian, Kiev. Uh, but again, we've said Kiev here for so long that I think people who are talking to us say Kiev. It doesn't really matter. It's the capital with a K. And um, and it's under attack by Russia because they think they can. And that's very, very strange, to be honest with you. Let me go back at it. It's uh, going to be our buddy Scuba Mike. All right, Mike, let's go. Good afternoon, Joe. There's something that really concerns me, and I want your opinion on it, too. And I'm wondering if I'm the only one that sees this. Now, we all know about this is one of the reasons why I'm very concerned about whether or not we go to war. We all know about how the military is becoming woke from the top down to the bottom. Anyway, I saw a photo the other day when I was watching the TV, and it was a group of soldiers, and I believe his name is Lloyd Austin. Is that the black guy, Joe? Lloyd Austin? Lloyd Austin is the, is, the, is the DOD director, yes. Go ahead. Anyway, yeah, he's standing there with a bunch of soldiers. He's got a mask. He's wearing civvies. The rest of them are wearing BDUs. And I'm looking at these uh, soldiers, and he's got his mask on crooked. And the best way I can say this, Joe, is they don't look scary. It looked like a bunch of my Walmart employee, fellow employees, standing there with with military clothing on. It's just, and I every time, like any public photos you ever see of, like you know, with uh, the Russian army, it's all these chiseled guys. With, I mean, I'm sure they got wimpy looking people too, but they sure as hell don't parade them out there for photo ops. And it's just like. The military has become a worsified. I'm looking at these soldiers, and like I said, Joe, they just don't look scary to me. What do you think? Mike, I hear you. I got to run here. I, I don't. I, the, our soldiers are the best in the world. Um, I don't know who they trucked out. I didn't see this photo op that you were talking about, but uh, certainly there is a push to make our our military more woke, and I'm not okay with that. When we come back, it'll be Vika Grishakova from Ukraine to fill us in on what's going on there. Stay here. This is the weekend with Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this young lady back on. I talked to her several years ago. We became friends on Facebook, and and we've got similar stories. She used to live in the area where I am now. It's Vika Grisakova. Vika, how are you? Good to see you again. Good. How are you? I'm doing very well. You, of course, are a native of Ukraine. And I think that we first spoke, it might be a long time ago, when Obama was in office, and I think that Russia was taking back Crimea. And I didn't understand what was going on then, and you gave me great insight um, let's sort of go from there. Now you've got Biden in, who was Obama's vice president. Biden, who somehow was in charge of Ukraine when he was the vice president, when Crimea was given back to Russia. And now we're seeing Russia go in again, saying, look, this is basically our country. So mm-hmm. let's just start from, from the very basic place, because most of my, my viewers and listeners don't know much about Ukraine. Neither do I. Explain what that country is all about. Tell me about your homeland. Ukraine is a beautiful country. We have a big history, um, our own language. We have amazing people, people who meet Ukrainians and Russians. They always say there is a big 
differentiation, like the cultures are very different. A lot of times Russian want to position and, and make Ukraine look like it's part of Russia, yeah. but we're not. We've always been independent. Going back, you know, many, 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 many years ago, Ukraine was always separate and was always fighting for its independence. Unfortunately, we are not blessed with a good neighbor. So we've had this thing with Russia, like I say, for hundreds and hundreds of years going on. Historically, uh, I said again, I don't know Russian and Ukrainian history, so I'm going to ask you what Putin said the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. The other day, he said traditionally and historically, the eastern part of Ukraine is Russia, so that's why we, we should we should have it back. Is he lying? Is that true? Because uh, ethnic Russians do live in that area, right? Right, ethnic Russians do live in that area, right? But it's still part of Ukraine, and you know, if you go way back in the history, you know. Ukraine was part of Poland. Now, would Poland come in right now in Ukraine and be like, oh, this is this is Polish. And actually, Ukrainian and Polish language are a lot more similar than Russian and Ukrainian. Okay. So they would be like, oh, let's just take over Ukraine because this used to be Poland at some point. But it, it's not true. Ukraine has emerged. There were different things going on. The, our history is very rich. There was a thing that is called Kiev Rus, which was a very powerful country in, in, in that time. Right. And and it was a lot stronger than Russia. And so there is a cool memo going on all over internet uh, where Ukraine has monuments, cathedrals, already things happening and already like it's, it's a big country and Moscow is still just a forest. So by Russian claiming that Moscow was first or Russia was first, that's just not true. And we're saying Kiev, right? Because uh, some, some will say Kiev, but it's Kiev. Kiev, yes, actually it's Kiev. So you told me last night when I hit you up on Facebook, you said that that's nowhere near eastern Ukraine. And I looked at the actual map, and you're right. I mean, the capital Kiev is way in uh, from from where Russia says the ethnic Russians are and they want to separate from Ukraine. So in your opinion, why did they decide to start taking out different spots in the capital? Well, it's not even capital. Right now, what's going on, it's the biggest war that has been going on in Europe since World War II. When when people woke up in Ukraine this morning, Russia strategically attacked all parts of Ukraine. It's not east. It's every major city. There are bombing, shootings, missile attacks going in every major city. So he was so- lying when he said this was about eastern Ukraine. That was a lie. It was a complete lie. No one in it, no one in Eastern Ukraine also asked for Putin to help Ukraine. This is a lie. Lie after lie after lie. Were you surprised that he rolled in? I mean, under Trump, he would never have tried this. Trump showed that he bombed Syria without even thinking about it. He showed he would take out uh, Soleimani. He, he took out uh, al-Baghdadi. The, the, he showed the world, we're not going to play games. Plus, he stopped this pipeline that is so important, the Nord Stream 2. Um, mm-hmm. Are you surprised under Biden that this happened or were you afraid and you thought that it would happen? To be honest, I was I was following American news, uh, United Nations news really, really closely. And I saw that, you know, this might happen. It, I couldn't picture it in my mind just yeah. because when people I wanted people to see what Ukraine is. Ukraine is the biggest country in Europe territorially. So it's not just like this little pitted piece of something it's huge it's like texas it's huge so i never imagined no nowadays that russia would just start bombing all parts of ukraine no like i don't think any ukrainian could have actually put it into into their heads 
It's uh, Vika Grishikova and uh, a friend of mine. She's from Ukraine. We actually connected a long time ago when uh, when we saw the Crimea situation. Uh, mm-hmm. Russia now is just lying, I, I believe you, about what they're doing. I don't think he would have tried this under Trump because Trump stopped Nord Stream 2 and Trump would have taken immediate action. Uh, but I heard a couple of days ago, Vika, and correct me if I'm wrong, that Ukraine has its own million-man army. They've got a huge military um, why is there not a, a bigger pushback from Ukraine in stopping Russia? Is it that they know that Russia has the nukes and they can use them if they want? I mean, why are, we're, we're seeing Russia with their invasion and incursion into Ukraine. We're not hearing a lot about any resistance. Oh, you're very wrong. <laughs> well, no, we're not hearing about it. I'm not saying it's not happening. We're just not hearing about it. Fill me in. No, 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 no. Um, first of all, I don't think Ukrainian army is millions. I would have to check that number, but it's definitely, it's not millions. Um, it is pretty strong. It's stronger than it was when um, Russia took over Crimea. Okay. Um, a lot of people, civilians are also helping army. And these men are very strong, very courageous. They're ready to die for Ukraine, for independence. And so they are fighting on every major corner wherever russians are coming in they're fighting and they're ready you know they're ready to die for ukraine for independence um so i'm very surprised you know that's something when i listened to american news today i was very surprised how it's not pictured that way it's not and and i I wonder why why do you think that is i i honestly i have no idea i i was really puzzled because i was listening i'm listening to ukrainian news all the time and i'm seeing how people are fighting and the guys are doing a really really great job uh, but i don't see any of those reports in you know in here in america some people even when i listen to like cnn and and, and other major um, um you know television uh, companies i see how they're picturing or, or comparing ukraine to afghanistan yeah but it's not. No, no, it's nothing like Afghanistan. It's actually a, a, a it's a, it's a country that's not third world. I mean, it's a, it's a first world country. Um, it, it's, it's nothing even like that. But Afghan, our leaving Afghanistan the way we did, Vika, I believe very strongly is why Russia thought they could do this. Look how badly Biden bungled Afghanistan. He won't do anything about this. And now we have to worry about China maybe doing something with Taiwan. But, but back to the ability to defend yourselves. Do you think that Ukraine, when Ukraine gave up nukes, and Ukraine was the third largest country with nuclear weapons until, I think, 1994, when Ukraine gave up nukes and they said, okay, fine, we're not part of the Soviet Union anymore, we'll give them up, you've got to protect us, did Ukraine believe that Europe and the United States would protect them? Of course, yeah. So three decades ago, Ukraine was, like you said, third largest uh, nuclear power in the world, and Ukraine, Ukraine gave up that nuclear weapon in exchange from a guarantee from U.S., yes. United Kingdom, and Russia that they are going to protect Ukraine. And let's see what's going on right now. Russia is attacking. The U.K. and United States are not doing enough right. to provide support that Ukraine needs right now with fighting. What should we do? Do you think Ukraine should be entered into NATO? Because that seems to be the biggest problem. Those who are watching and listening, NATO is the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, and and Ukraine's not part of it. Russia fears that Ukraine would be added to that, and then if you attack Ukraine, it would be like attacking the United States. We would have to respond. Do you think that Ukraine should be in NATO? Does Ukraine want to be in NATO? Yes, definitely. Ukraine wants to be in NATO. I do watch a lot of YouTube videos and I see how Americans are posting, some Americans are posting and they're like, oh, you know, we should make Ukraine just neutral. And I'm like, but 
how how could you like would you probably ask the ukrainian people what they want you know no one is going to come to america and say well you americans need to do this 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 you know and it's the same with ukraine they have they have freedom um, to do what they want and to choose where they want to go and the more putin uh, or we call him putler like hitler putler right yeah yeah the more he presses the more people oppose hate they're giving up russian language they just want they have they don't want to do anything to do with Russia um, and that and that part of country, and they're really wanting to be in you know in democracy, United St- United Nations, NATO, all of that. It is. Uh, she's a U.S. citizen now, but she's from Ukraine originally. A native of Ukraine speaks Ukrainian and, and is watching Ukrainian news. That it's news that we don't see or get because we don't understand the language. It's uh, Vika Gr- uh, Grishakova from from Kiev. You've got friends and family still there. What are they saying? What are they telling you that we're not seeing in American media? Well, I don't know if if American people really understand what's going on right now. Just just imagine waking up in the morning today and hearing bombings, shootings, missile attacks in your backyard. It'd and that's yeah. that's what Ukrainians woke up to. And ordinary people like me and you that, you know, they have to go to shelters instead of going to work. Russian attacks started early, a morning strategically like like I said, bombing everything. Um and I know a lot of Americans right now, they're worried about gas prices going on, about stock market going down, economy hit. But I just want all of us to think right now, Ukrainians are worried that they're not going to wake up tomorrow. Parents have been sending kids to school with a special sticker that shows what blood type their child has. Oh, wow. Can you imagine sending your child and no. not knowing if he's going to? But that's, that's the reality for us, for Ukrainian people. So I am really... I'm urging all Americans to stand for freedom with Ukrainians. Remember, God made all of us equal, you know, and gave all of us rights for life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And I want every American to do his part. Um, We need help right now. It's Vika Grishakova from Ukraine originally. She lives here now, is an American citizen and a friend of mine. Um, Very, very heartfelt. I'm glad that you said that. Um, I saw some reports, and I think it might have been Tucker Carlson a couple of nights ago, and he's been very good about this. But one thing he said surprised me. He said it's not a democracy. He said that Ukraine is not free. He said it's not like us, generally speaking, politically, that it's more of a, a uh, there's one guy who's the head of all power and everybody else sort of falls in line. Is that true or not? Is it a democracy? Do you vote like we vote? Of course. Yeah. 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 People were able to choose the president that they wanted. Um, you know, he wasn't a politician. He was coming. From, he, was like, he was like a TV host, right? A comedian, actually. He was a very popular wow. And people chose him, and right now he is, uh, you know, he's leading country. So yeah, like in 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 countries like Russia, Belarus, somewhere where people don't get to choose their presidents, these kind of things would never ever happen. Um, so of course, Ukraine, there is there is a lot of room to grow, and I believe there is a lot of room to grow for every country. Yes. Um, but they're trying, you know, but they're trying really hard on the path where they have chosen to go. It, it, uh, there is other speculation, Vika, and it's Vika. Grishakova, she is uh, from America now. She's a United States citizen, originally from Ukraine, so has great insight into this and has family, immediate family, living in uh, Ukraine. And I I pray for them. I I promise you I'm adding them to my prayers. But the word that I'm hearing from some of the media, and again, I don't know, you'll know better than I do, is that Putin just doesn't like this guy Zelensky. 
He doesn't like him, and he wants him out because this guy's not pro-Russia, and he wants to put in some sort of a puppet for Russia as the leader of Ukraine. So when he said he just wants the eastern part, which he shouldn't get any of it, don't get me wrong, but he, right. cl- he claims that's ethnically Russian, that's really Russia, and he should be able to have that like he took Crimea. Mm-hmm. Is the bottom line in your mind the same as in mine, that he really just wants regime change, and then he, if he's got somebody who cooperates with Russia, he's fine with Ukraine? Yeah, well, what I think is he wants Ukraine to submit. He wants, and then not only Ukraine, you have seen in his previous speeches, he talks about weird things like other Eastern European countries coming together, a Soviet Union coming back to life. Like, I think he's just very sick in his mind. And, you know, he wants to build that empire that used to be, but but people are not, don't want that. So yes, I think he wants to put pro-Russian people. He used to have a pro-Russian government government and a president Yanukovych that we overthrew that ran away um and yeah he wants to have a hold on Ukraine he doesn't want to let Ukraine go it is uh, Vika Grishakova she is uh, from Ukraine originally U.S. citizen now friend of mine and giving us great insight into what's happening there one last question we talked about this briefly before we started um what can American citizens do you're right we're worried about gas prices worried about the price of groceries we've got hyperinflation the stock market so on and so forth and Ukraine is very very far away from us and most of us don't have direct connections there so it doesn't feel like it affects us much what can we do in support of of free human beings in Ukraine that we don't want to have war upon them? What can we do? Well, our combat soldiers need more uh, javelin weapons and air defense complex. Ukraine has been denied with providing an air defense complex. And no matter how strong our soldiers are, no matter how good they're fighting, the Russian air attack is deadly. So Ukrainians are not asking Americans to fight for them. They are fighting, they are doing the work but we need weapons and we need protection. And so I'm urging all Americans to just stop what they're doing and start writing to their government officials, uh, governors to help Ukraine with that. Another thing is sanctions. President Biden was telling that they're gonna impose personal sanctions on Putin if the war starts. The war has already started. And he said no today. He said no to, to sanctions on Putin right now. What is he waiting for? Is he waiting for 44 million people to be killed mm. and then he's going to impose sanctions on Putin? That's a great question. He needs to do more without a doubt. These sanctions he announced today aren't going to do much. They just aren't. And, and he could have done, or he could have gone right at their banking and their financial system. He decided not to. He was afraid to. I, that's that's all I can say. I wish that he would have been stronger today. So Javelin missiles. I know that Trump said yes to a lot of Javelin missiles. You say they need more. They need more and they need the protection, the air defense protection. Um, that's a big that's a, that's a big hot spot. You know, no matter how good comets are, Russian are attacking from air and we need protection from over there. We need stronger sanctions. We need Russia to be um, kicked out from SWIFT. This is this is something President Biden That said. was the one move he could have done that would have crippled them, but he didn't do it. He said he's gonna do it if Russia invades. I don't know what he's waiting for. It's already it's already a war. It's the biggest war since World War II. It is. In Europe. Vika, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your thoughts on this, your commentary on this. And also, um, I know that you're worried about your family. Keep me updated on what's happening with that. Let's, let's get together again as this continues. Hopefully, it'll be short-lived and that Putin will leave. I don't think that's going to happen, but I hope that, that, that that'll happen if we stand up strongly as a world uh, against him. But thank you so much for giving me your insight. Can we do it again soon? 
Sure, I would love to. Thank you so much. Please keep my family in prayer. They're all in Kiev right now. They're still there. Please keep all the Ukrainians in prayer because I believe that God is sovereign and he protects and he's going to help us fight because we're fighting for freedom and for peace and for good. I'm with you. Absolutely. Vika Grishakova, thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. We're back after this. Stay right here. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. Lots to talk about. Appreciate you. Um, yeah, phone calls coming in. I'm going to continue talking about this. And again, the the way the weekend with Joe Pags works is some stations start picking it up the second hour, the third hour. They they had the first hour and hour number three. So it's all sorts of um, you know plugged into how it works for their scheduling. So I'll take the biggest story of the day and I'll, I'll continue it through all three hours. Although we'll keep on doing uh, other things and adding to it. The bottom line is this. What Russia is doing is illegal. It's wrong. It shouldn't be happening. Um, There's a story about Snake Island where there were 13 Ukrainians. The Russian ship said, you know, surrender. And they told them to go F themselves. Now, they, they were all killed, but they took their last stand and went out like heroes. And it's my hope that'll embolden the rest of Ukraine that can defend itself. And we should send more weapons over there as well. We should not be sending our own troops there. But you've got to give more resistance to Russia than they thought they were going to get. You've got to give them a reason to, to double think or think you know, four times. Why did we do this? We probably shouldn't have done this. The world community needs to rise up and kick them out of the Security Council, kick them off the United Nations, and send them the hell home. We have to take a strong stance against what they're doing, or else they're not going to stop. They're just going to keep on going through Eastern Europe and just... You know, reestablishing the Soviet bloc. That's not okay. 1-800-501-7080. 1-800-501-7080. JoePags.com. Make sure you stop on the website. Check out everything we do there. Also, join all the social media as well. If you're joining Truth Social, I'm at Joe Pags there. We're back after this. This is The Weekend with Joe Pags. America, it's the weekend with Joe Pags. To talk to Joe, call 800 501 7080. And now, the weekend. Here's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Man, there's a ton going on. We're watching what's happening uh, with Russia rolling into Ukraine for no reason whatsoever. Imagine that. Imagine being Vladimir Putin and just deciding we're just gonna go, gonna go kill a bunch of human beings right now. There are actually reports that they're sending crematorium trucks with them so they could just evaporate the soldiers that they're killing. Can you imagine? What the, what the hell is the world community thinking allowing this to just happen? But then again, you think about it, the world community is also just letting Xi Jinping um, over in China just lock up and disappear a bunch of Muslims. What you don't know is they're also disappearing Christians. Um, there is a struggle in that country between the CCP and Singh, uh, or, or she, the president, that will outline for you from Jason Ho in hour number three. We've got him on. He's from Taiwan, but he's ethnically Chinese. Knows a lot about what's happening there. Why is it that they're allegedly 
were Chinese planes flying over Taiwan the other day after Putin decided he would roll into Ukraine. A lot of people calling in. A lot of people calling in, and, and we'll get to you in a second. We'll have a lot of phone calls because a lot of a lot of people have a lot of feelings. I do want to relate this story though. Joe Biden announced several weeks ago when Breyer, who I don't know that he knew that he was resigning or stepping down or retiring, was sort of pushed into it, I think, by the left in his country. When Breyer said he's stepping down from the Supreme Court, Joe Biden said, I'm going to select a black female. Now, this is something that he said he would do in, um, in the campaign. Now, those of you who happen to be black and those of you who happen to, to think the Supreme Court has been way too white for way too long, I hear you, but you're wrong. Um, and the reason why I say that is we have to make a decision in this country. Either we're for meritocracy, which is the best person for the job gets the job, or we're not. We have to make that delineation. Either we're for that or we're for counting faces, counting ethnic backgrounds and, and racial ancestry. We have to make that decision. It's, it's kind of simple. And I make this reference to sports all the time. And if you blow this off, then that's on you. That's not on me. What I'm saying is factually true. The NBA is almost 80% black. The NFL is over 70% black. And I'm good with that. Why? I mean, here I am, this white guy. Well, Olive, I'm Southern Italian, so white supremacists don't like my kind. But having said that, I don't need to watch football or basketball and feel like I'm somehow included ancestrally. No, no, no. I want to watch to see the best team win. Now, I, I don't watch because of the, the politics in, in, infused into sports in the past few years. But when I did, I was perfectly, look, it could be 100% black, I don't care. 100% white, I don't care. As long as it's the best team we can possibly put on the field or on the court. That's really the simplest way to look at it. Sports, big sports, are all about making money, filling the seats with butts. Selling merchandise, selling television and radio rights. That's how they make their money. And it would behoove you to have the best person available on your team to help you win. And if every member, every, you know, 44 members of a football team or 15 members of a basketball team, if every single one is black or Hispanic or American Indian and that gets you the best chance to win, do it. I'm not somebody who counts skin tones. I don't care. And I truly mean that. I don't care. And that's not taking away anybody's culture. It's not a microaggression. It's me literally not caring. The Supreme Court needs to be made up of the nine best available jurists to make sure they understand the Constitution and can decide if laws that are being put on top of people's heads are constitutional. It's kind of simple. It needs to be the best people available. So somebody came into my chat room over on, you know, because I, I, I do this as a video as well, earlier and said, I'm for the nomination because it shouldn't just all be white men on the Supreme Court. Well, first of all, let's let's educate ourselves. The Supreme Court right now is comprised of five white men, two white women, although I'm not sure what uh, what Kagan's ancestral background is, so she might not be all white. Um, a Hispanic woman in Sotomayor, and a black man in Clarence Thomas. So you've got five white guys, two white women, so you've got the gender taken care of there, a Hispanic woman, 
Okay, you got ethnicity taken care of there, and a black man, you've got race taken care of there. Now, the black population, if we're going by population and going by affirmative action, which I don't agree with, already you've got representation there that's about the population of African Americans in this country. African Americans are 12 or 13 percent. One of the nine justices is black. That's already, what, 11 percent, 12 percent, something like that of the court. And again, I don't believe in that anyway. But if you're trying to count faces and you stop into my chat in my channel or you call me or you email me and say, I'm sick of it being all white men. Well, you don't know the makeup of the court because it's not all white men. So Biden's saying he's going to select a black woman or an African-American woman for the court was racist. It was bigoted. It was discriminatory. He basically said, I don't care what your what your qualifications are. I don't care how good or bad you would be on the court. I'm going to look at your race and I'm going to look at your gender first. And by the way, race and gender have nothing to do with your interpretation of the Constitution. That's a fact. Because you could be whatever background you are, and I'm some Italian guy, and we both read the same document, we can, t- we can then speak back, we can repeat what the document says, and our racial or ancestral background has nothing to do with it. Nothing. So what he said already was un-American. It, went, it goes against equal opportunity and meritocracy. But if those of you who are feeling like this is somehow a win, that a black woman has been nominated, I want you to understand something. Understand how you would feel had Biden said, I'm going to select somebody from the court, it's going to be a white man. I just want to know what your reaction would have been. Because that's no different than saying it's going to be a black woman. Now, the woman that he did um, select is horrible. She's a horrible choice. She's a pro-abortionist. She's somebody who is 100, 1,000% in on killing unborn children. A thousand percent. Of course, if you're looking at the numbers, black unborn children are killed to the tune of 30 to 40% of all abortions. The black population is 12 to 13% of America. Literally, you've got somebody that he's nominated for the court that wants to kill more unborn black children. And it makes me sick. Because the left somehow supports this person. It's weird. She also is light on crime. So she's a horrible choice. Are there black women that would have been a better choice? Of course. And there are people of all ethnic backgrounds and all genders that would have been a better choice. But he checked off the two boxes he wanted to check off. And it makes me crazy that anybody would say, you know, I'm really, I'm really happy about this. I think this is good. Why is it good? How did this make, how did this make America better? By the way, I don't see any way for her to get approved. If the Senate approves her, the Senate is done. 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 I'm, 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 that's it. 1-800-501-7080. By the way, as the show goes, the main topic of the show will continue to be Ukraine and Russia. And I'll take phone calls on that in, in just a second. Michael Franzese at the bottom of the hour, former Kappa regime of the Colombo crime family. We talk about how what we're seeing from Russia and China and global bad guys, how that relates to the mob life. And it does more than you might think. To be honest with you. Meantime, let me go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. Line three is going to be James in Alaska. James, what's going on? Yeah, hi. James in Alaska here. Right. I like you, Joe. You're pretty cool. Thank you. I'm very cool. Yes, I agree. Yeah. 
Well, I, the thing that I that I think is cool about you is that is that you stay you stay in line, man. You don't you don't play around. No, no shoot, shooting sideways with Joe. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I listen to you all the time up here in the great state of Alaska. Thank anyway, you. Uh, here we go, and we're in Ukraine, and I supported the Canadian truckers, and I think the American truckers should bring the message to Washington D.C. And you're the only guy that can promote this kind of thing because you, you like these kind of things. You like workers like us. I'm in a truck right now. And the thing they should do, they should they should not only promote the, the, the COVID thing, they should promote no-fly zone over Ukraine, and they should promote turn the gas and oil back on because it's costing. The reason for it is it's going to put them out of business. They won't be able to afford to put diesel in their trucks and make a living, and it's going to put everybody out of business because inflation is going to go nuts. So they need to stop Biden and his cronies. Yeah, make a nuclear truck. Yeah, well, we won't run diesel. That's great. Let's make a nuclear truck. Let's make nuclear cars. You could run them on the size of a matchbox. They could make a small nuclear device and put an engine to it, and it'd be a great thing. Why aren't we doing that? Okay, All right, James, I appreciate it. I don't know that I want a nuclear car, to be honest with you. I know nuclear power is good power. It's clean energy. I, I understand all that. I don't know that I want to, hey, I'm going to go take my nuclear car up to the grocery store. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I haven't thought it through. I could be wrong about that. 1-800-501-7080. 1-800-501-7080. JoePags.com. I do support the truckers in Canada. I support the trucker the truckers convoy here in America. I think these, these guys, while well, I know these men and women are the backbone of our society, and of our economy, and we should show support to get rid of these disgusting mandates that make that make no sense scientifically. It's uh, 1-800-501-7080. Stop by the website, joepags.com. We're back after this. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on. Lots to get to. A lot of people want to talk about Ukraine and they want to talk about Russia and that's cool. But I do have a call about the Supreme Court and I understand Jason wants to disagree with me. That's cool. Let's go, Jason. What do you have? Let's go. I do, Joe. I mean, I agree that you shouldn't come out and say that it should be based on somebody's color or sex. But we're talking about somebody that graduated top of a class at Harvard Law School, editor of the Harvard Law Review, federal and, prosecutor, clerk and, for Justice Breyer, and, um, appointed to the D.C. court, and, confirmed by the Senate for that, confirmed and, by the Senate for the D.C. Court of Appeals. We're talking and, about one of the 50, 100 top legal minds in the United States. Incorrect. You know, the fact that she happens to be a black female, I don't think they should come out and just say we want a black Black female, but this right. particular one, I don't think the argument yeah. can be made about her qualifications. Well, I just, I just made the argument, Jason. And uh, how, how often is she overturned? Uh, you know what? I haven't checked her over. Well, why don't you check right it out instead of checking out all this, all this BS, all this pinhead stuff about who went to Harvard and who did some law review and who she interned went with? Why don't you check out her actual decisions? And let's see how often she's overturned. And how do you feel about somebody who is so incredibly pro-abortion that she supported pro-abortion organizations? So here's somebody that we already know going in is pro-abortion. She is biased when it comes to a case that probably will be before the Supreme Court by summer. Are you okay with that? We know her biases when it, or her biases when it comes to abortion. You okay with that? 
I I am okay with that because Why? I believe that's a settled law of the land. No, 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 now, it doesn't matter. No, 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 that's not what I asked you. No, no, stop. They're going to get abortion, the Mississippi case and the Texas case. Doesn't matter which decided law. If they say precedent didn't take precedent here and they're going to hear those individual cases, don't you think that a judge should be unbiased going in? Hello? No, I, Jason I, there? I don't think you can stop biases like that. You're, oh, you're okay. So you want to bias justice because she's black female. No, I don't. I don't want to bias justice. I want somebody right. that takes the law. If the law is precedent, right? Then that's what the law. Well, it's not. Is. The law isn't precedent. If they're hearing the Mississippi case and they're hearing the Texas case, and the precedent doesn't doesn't work here, they they're literally saying we're going to hear these cases because that precedent doesn't blow them out. They would have just dismissed right. them otherwise. So let me ask you again: Do you want a justice on the court that's going to decide these cases that are not covered by precedent to be biased going in? But they are covered by precedent. That's no, no, they're not because they're hearing the cases. They're hearing the cases. They won't. That Jason, they won't hear the cases if they if they're covered by precedent. They would have thrown them out, saying, "No, no, no the 1973 case covered that." So let me ask you again, because I'm not. You're not going to be able to avoid the answer unless you're just giving in and you're saying, "Okay, Joe, you're right." Um, let me ask you again: Do you want a justice who is obviously biased when it comes to abortion? She's a pro-abortionist. Let's kill as many unborn babies as we can to be sitting on the court and deciding a case about whether states can make laws that restrict the ability to kill unborn babies. Yes or no? Uh, it's not a yes or no answer. Yes, You're it is. It's a simple. I'm not being hypothetical. If she's on the court, she's going to hear those cases. Jason, I'm not being hyperbolic. You're not listening because you're wrong and you're losing. And it's okay. Sometimes people lose. Sometimes people lose. Let me ask you again. It's not hyperbolic. I'll put you, yeah, well, obviously you are, but I'm going to put you on hold because you're being a pain in the ass right now. I'll, I'll take you back on the air in a second. Listen to me clearly. This isn't hyperbolic. This isn't hypothetical. The Supreme Court is deciding cases on abortion. That's happening. It's so much so that Roe v. Wade might be overturned. So I'm going to ask you a simple question again, and the answer is yes or it's no. It's not more complicated than that. Do you want a justice going in? Let's say it's, uh, it's Amy Coney Barrett, who we know is pro-life. Now, we don't know that, other than she's Catholic, so she probably is personally. But let's say there are a bunch of decisions and a bunch of supports that she's put out there that are only for pro-life organizations. Do you want her helping to decide an abortion case? On the same token, do you want somebody who is vehemently pro-abortion? pro-killing unborn children to be on that same case? Or should those biases exclude this person who's been nominated because of her skin tone, her ancestry, and her gender? Jason, yes or no? It's not a yes or no question. You made the point for me. Amy Coney Barrett is very pro-life. Prove that. Prove that. Prove that. Prove that. Show me what she's done. Get out! Dude, I, I have no, I honestly, I do this for a living and it's rare that I get somebody so arrogant, so stupid and so wrong to not at least have the conversation. And I'm going to say stupid because I don't really think that you're stupid intellectually. I think that you, you lost and then you turned into a child as you were painted into the corner. There is no history of Amy Coney Barrett publicly supporting a bunch of pro-life organizations and then sitting down and deciding on abortion. This, this woman that we're talking about that has been nominated by Biden, 
has a history of outwardly and openly supporting pro-abortion organizations. I mean, big time. And you're okay with her deciding abortion cases knowing her biases going in. It's really kind of nuts, man. It's really kind of nuts. This is from CNS News. President Biden is expected to announce Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson as a Supreme Court nominee to replace Justice Stephen Breyer, who's retiring. Jackson currently serves in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit. She'd be the first former federal public defender to serve on the Supreme Court of Confirmed. If media reports are accurate and Judge uh, Jackson has been chosen as a Supreme Court nominee to replace Justice Breyer, it means the radical left has won President Biden over yet again, Senator Lindsey Graham said in a statement Friday. The attacks by the left on Judge Childs from South Carolina apparently worked. I expect a respectful but interesting hearing in the Senate Judiciary Committee. The Harvard-Yale train the uh, Supreme Court uh, continues to run unabated, he said. It gets into all the pro-abort stuff a little bit later on, and you should be smarter than, than what you just did when you called in. Seriously, it could have been a fun conversation, but it was kind of embarrassing by the end of it where you just didn't care. And everything that you said about her, you didn't even check and see how often she was overturned. That's a big deal. Keep it here for Michael Frenzies. This is The Weekend with Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always an honor to have this man back. He's a friend of mine. We've been doing a lot of stuff together. I can't get enough of the videos that he does. It's Michael Franzese, former Copper Regime, the Colombo crime family, also great author. He's a pastor. And again, let me just reiterate, really glad to be friends with you, Michael. How are you? Good to see you. Always good, Joe. Thanks for having me again. You, you know, these videos that you do are amazing because you, you'll you'll talk about a mob story from back in the day. You'll talk about a mob movie, maybe a mob series. You'll talk about a specific guy who is involved in that life. And then you give sort of a moral of the story. You tell a story and spin a story almost better than anybody I've seen before. And this has made you an international name, an international celebrity, whether you want it to be or not. And here's what I mean. I was doing radio in Australia and they said, hey, the reason I found out about you, Pags, was I saw your YouTube video with Michael Franzese and Rudy Giuliani. And then I was on yesterday with a St. Louis radio station with a guy named Columbo and another guy named Porcelli. And they're like, yeah, but do you really know Michael Franzese? So, dude, I mean, how do you handle that? Going from that life where you tried your best to be, you know, under the radar to now everybody knows who you are. Well, you know, Joe, it's uh, the last 25 years I've been out there quite a bit. And, of course, we started this YouTube platform just a little bit over a year ago. And I've learned that that's one of the biggest platforms in the world because I get stopped, you know, everywhere now uh, pretty much. But, you know, to me, it's just it, it just is what it is. I mean, I don't let it get to me. It's it's nice that people acknowledge you. And I'm glad you're having that same experience. And uh, we just keep moving forward. MichaelFranzese.com. Go there, become part of his crew. MichaelFranzese.com. It's F-R-A-N-Z-E-S-E. -E. You know, it, what's funny to me, Michael, is when I watch these mob movies and when I see people tell stories, they all say, yeah, now Michael Franchese. <laughs> they, all, they all say Franchese. That's kind of interesting. It's not spelled that way at all. Has that always been that way your whole life? They, they have butchered my name, especially <laughs> out on the West Coast, Joe. I, I don't get it. And it's two syllables, Franzese. <laughs> well, the, real, the Italian way to say it is Francisi, but, you know, right. 
but Franzese, it's easy, but people have a lot of trouble with it. I well, don't know why. Well, as you know, mine is Pagliarulo, but in Italian, it's Pagliarulo. So nobody's really, yeah. I, I've, I've had Paca Gorillas, Paca Ravioli. I've had all sorts of, you know, names for us. But if it sounds kind of Italian, we just go with it. So, yeah. so when you're getting this notoriety and this, and this celebrity, I think it's because of the story of redemption. And I wonder if you agree with me. I know that people are attracted to the mob life, Michael. You and I have talked about this a million times. These mob channels are going nuts on YouTube. By the way, yours is by far the best out there. Just look up Michael Franzese. But, but the celebrity and the draw of the criminal, the bad guy, that's palpable. That's real. But do you think it's more about redemption? Like when I first talked to Rudy about you, he said, I believe in redemption. And that's why I think you guys get along. Is that what it's about, do you think? You know, I think so, Joe. You know, a lot of people think it's difficult to get out of a lifestyle like that. And the fact that I was able to do that and, you know, enjoy some success and have a normal life with a family and move on in a, in a whole different area of my life. I think that's attractive to people because, you know, a lot of people go through situations that they hope they can get out of and move on in their life in a different way. So, yeah, I mean, look, the mob genre is what it is. People are interested in it. I think it's made a I don't want to say a comeback, but it's been more out there now than ever before, yeah. I guess because of YouTube and things like that. But uh, I think the redemption thing is, uh, is special to people. I really mean that. As we watch, it's Michael Franzese, michaelfranzese.com. Go there, become part of his crew. He's also doing speaking tours all over the place. I would love to have gone to Warren, Michigan recently. I hear that turned out very, very well. I've got a house in Michigan, so maybe next time we'll talk about that. But, but as, as people are watching what's unfolding in the world on planet Earth, when we had Trump for four years, and you and I privately have talked about Trump and what was good and what was not so good maybe, um, but generally speaking, you want a strong leader. Can you look at this and relate it to your former life? Can you look at this and say, when we had, uh, you know, this guy, Alley Boy, was in charge of that, or when I was a copper regime or my dad was the underboss, uh, things worked better because there was strength and leadership, and then that always, you know, brings it uh, better down the line, down the ranks to the soldiers. We're looking at a weak leader now in Biden, and we're seeing bad actors around the world start to gin up trouble. Is that relatable or not? Oh, absolutely, Joe. You know, I believe firmly in peace through strength. And if you look at the history of the mob, anytime we had an internal war, especially in the Colombos, it's always because somebody uh, perceived a weakness in leadership. And that's when they made their move to try to take over. Uh, you know, when everybody, when there's strong leadership in place, nobody wants to make a move. But when they perceive weakness, that's when people act. And uh, that's what's happening in the world right now. And I think, look, America's looking weak. There's no question about it. What happened in Afghanistan was a disaster. You can't spin it any other way. Yeah. And I think world leaders, uh, you know, guys like, you know, the leader of China and Putin, of course, are perceiving that and they're making their move. And, and you know, to me, it's it's like Mob 101. That's what it is. It's michaelfranzese.com. It is Michael Franzese, former copper regime, the Colombo crime family. Great author. He's a speaker. He's a pastor and a great friend of mine. Go to his YouTube channel and subscribe if you haven't yet. He's fast on his way to a million subscribers, and we want to help to push you over the top there. So Trump is in there, and he drops 57 bombs on Syria when they just saber-rattled a little bit. And then, you know, and this is while he's having dinner with the Chinese president. He said, oh, hold on a second. We just dropped a bunch of bombs on Syria. What were you saying? So, I mean, he, he really did do it from strength. And then we took out Soleimani. We took out, we took out Baghdadi. We took out some bad guys from ISIS and so on. Iran got afraid of us. North Korea was afraid of us. Russia didn't want to do anything. We had the countries in check that would otherwise act up. Then Biden comes in, and I think you're right. Most people didn't really know what he was going to do. We didn't realize he was as feeble as he is, and I'm not being mean. It's just true. I mean, doctors say it's, you know, age-related uh, onset dementia. 
Having said that, Afghanistan is the big bungle. Can you relate that to something that happened in the mafia? I mean, maybe maybe Castellano and, and Gotti, I don't know, maybe in the Colombo family and not the Gambino family, where one thing happened and then the bad guys who were waiting for something to happen jumped out. Like Afghanistan was such a, a botch job. Was there anything like that that happened in that life for you back in the day that said this was their opening, this is why they did that? Well, there again, Joe, it's when there's a weakness perceived in leadership. And, you know, the last Colombo war we had when Vicarina, you know, made a move on Persico. Persico was in jail as he normally was. Right. We started to see a crack in the armor with Persico's leadership. And for a while, you know, Junior, uh, he, he led with an iron hand, no doubt. But so many of them went to jail. So many of them were started to be disgruntled because of the fact that Junior was always in jail. And Vicarina, who was left to actually take care of business for Junior, perceived the weakness there. And, you know, in that life, it's all about control. And if you can get to the top spot and you can control, that's what you want. And I see the same thing happening here. Look, it's, it's an easy formula. When you have a, a guy like Putin, you know, who is a, I, I don't want to, I don't know if you call him a bully, you know, but he, he has a dream of, of, you know, bringing the Soviet Union back. Yeah. He wants to be the number one power in the world. And when he perceives a weakness in the alleged power of the world, which is the United States, and it's definitely there. I mean, look, he did it in Crimea when, when uh, Obama, you know, was in power there. Right. And uh, then, uh, coincidentally, we, we should say for four years while Trump was there, say what you want about him, but nobody was making a move. And then Biden comes in. He shows what's happening in Afghanistan. Everybody's paying, paying attention. They see a weakness there, and he makes his move. And look, you know— I don't know. They're saying, you know, that he's going to suffer over these sanctions. But, you know, the funny thing, Joe, I, I said this to me, it's only common sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not a politician. I'm not that knowledgeable. But I see things and I relate them to my former life. If somebody is going to impose sanctions and they tell you about it for months in advance, well, what are you going to do? You're going to make preparations so the sanctions don't hurt you that much. If he was that worried about it, would he have made his move in, uh, in uh, Ukraine? I don't think so. So it's not going to stop him. And if it hurts him later, you know, they'll get over it because the world will forgive him in a way. And, and then he'll have Ukraine, exactly what he wanted before. So to me, it's all a big bluff. Well, you're 100% right, uh, Michael. When, when you telegraph what harm is going to come, you make plans to divert yourself from that harm. And he's known about this for a while. The threat of the, of the sanctions didn't stop him. In fact, that pushed his hand and he said, OK, you're going to sanction me. Here we go. And he went in. I'm wondering, though, and again, it's Michael Franzese. Go to michaelfranzese.com, sign up, be part of his crew. Go and check out his YouTube channel now. You're doing like four or five videos a week, and they're all amazing. Go and check those out. Um, what you just said made a lot of sense to me, but, but here's what I wonder. And again, related to your former life, if you don't mind, because it, it, to me, it appears as though we've got a big mob war going on right now on the globe, and we'll see if, if good or if bad comes out on top. I hope and I pray it's good. But you've got Afghanistan screwed up. China and, and uh, Russia both rushed in. Now they're the best friends of the Taliban. Suddenly, they're both, now there's a triumvirate there, and those three are going to rule that entire region. And then Russia says, well, watch this. They move into Ukraine. China yesterday reportedly sent some planes, some fighter jets over Taiwan. So is China responding because Russia looks stronger than them, and now we've got to show our strength as well over Taiwan? Or is China saying, well, if they can get away with it, we might be able to do it now? What do you think is going on there? My belief is China is saying, hey, if uh, Russia can get away with it, then we want to get away with it, too, with Taiwan. Why not? Uh, you know, listen, I, I don't want, don't get me wrong, I don't want to see a world war at all. Uh, but really, what is America going to do about it? 
You know, we depend on China for so much now. Business depends on China so much. I think there would be people in this country that would be concerned about alienating China because of what's going on there. And unfortunately, we allowed that to happen over the years. Um, you know, I think they see the weakness in America. It's definitely there. There's no question about it. And world leaders who want to best us and China wants to best us, they're going to take advantage of it now. How do you bring stability back? If, again, we're looking at it as, a, as a, a territory, a turf war, if you will, who's going to have the strength, who's going to have the power, who's going to have sort of the, uh, the world superpower status? If you've got a mob war going on, how does the dust finally settle? Do you have to sit down and have a conversation? Do you have to kill everybody else in the other family? How does this work? Because the last thing I think you and I want is for us to send 30,000 troops over to, to, to Ukraine to defend them. We don't want to do that because why should American blood spill, but we also can't see the reunification of, of the Soviet Union. How do these things tend to settle down eventually? What happens? You know what, Joe? I'm, I'm very concerned. I mean, look, it all starts at leadership on the top. And, and what we have in our leadership in our White House right now, I mean, look, I have to say this. I mean, Kamala Harris was an embarrassment going over there and talking to people like they were school children. Stunning, yeah. I mean, it was stunning. I mean, to allow this to happen to the, you know, the greatest country on earth, it's it's just total embarrassment. They just don't know what they're doing, in my view. Now, you know, people may say, hey, Michael, you know, what do you know? But look, I came out of a life where I, I can tell you this. It was peace through strength all the time. That That's the history of the mob life. And when there's a perceived weakness, people take advantage of it. And on the world stage, that's what's happening right here. I don't think Obama, I'm, excuse me, I don't think Biden and this administration has the ability to calm this down. I really don't. And I'm, yeah. I'm concerned about where it's going to lead to. I mean, look, if China does make a move in Taiwan and take it over, they're going to take it over. How are we going to stop that? What are we going to do? I mean, and now you got China, you know, a nuclear superpower. You got Russia, a nuclear superpower. They're probably going to, uh, you know, prompt up Iran. I mean, now we got some real problems in this world. And uh, I don't know if anybody has the will to stop them at this point. It's a scary situation for sure. It's Michael Frenzies, author of the book called uh, Mafia Democracy, which is coming out in just a few months. You've got several other books out there as well. Look on Amazon. Go to michaelfrenzies.com, join his crew, and go follow his YouTube. I want to switch gears in a major way, but it's all sort of related, Michael. We've got crime that's up 30% in big cities around this country. In some cities, it's up 100%. You've got drive-by shootings and carjackings in New York City, and we never, ever heard about drive-by shootings and carjackings in New York City. Uh, not since Giuliani, anyway. So we've got a new DA there, and this this guy, Alvin Bragg, who decided, eh, I'm not going to punish a lot of these crimes. In fact, if there's an armed robbery, but you didn't shoot anybody, I'm just going to let you go home in your own recognizance and wear an ankle bracelet. I'm not going to go for anything more than 20 years, even if you murdered somebody. I mean, we're literally telling the criminals there is no deterrent in place. So what do you do about that? How do you fix that, knowing that people like George Soros are buying off DA's offices? These offices don't care about stopping crime. In fact, where I am in San Antonio, just yesterday there was a great report by a local reporter who showed that there are organizations that are funded by, by radicals who want to defund the police who are going and bailing out criminals from, from jail in Bear County, Texas, who go out and they, and they go commit more crimes and never show up to their court date. And then when you ask the sheriff, hey, is this why is this why crime is up? The sheriff says, nah, crime is up everywhere. It's not just here. Michael, help me understand the criminal justice system and how broken it is right now. And if you had a button to fix it, what would that button do? Joe, I got to tell you this. I cannot for the life of me understand the strategy or the thinking here. I'm saying to myself, do these people really think that criminals? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I was a criminal for 20 years of my life. 
I spent eight years in prison with a lot of criminals. Yeah. I visited my dad for another 30 years. I know about crime and I know about how criminals think. And I'm trying to say to myself, do these people really think that if they say, okay, Mr. Criminal, we're going to go light on crime, that the criminal is going to say, oh, thank you. Now I'm going to go straight. Or are they going to say, hey, I'm going to take advantage. Right. If I was on the street and I heard they abolished the RICO Act, and I couldn't, and I didn't have to worry about that. Well, I'm going to get more emboldened in the criminal activity that I'm, I'm engaged in. It makes no sense whatsoever that these people don't care about innocent people, about victims of crime. I don't get it. I don't understand where they're going. So I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to say, okay, do they think that this is that criminals become a voting block and that'll help them keep them in power? Are they trying just to get the the legitimate people so scared? that they look towards government for help in any which way, I cannot for the life of me figure it out. And I have to bring this up, Joe. It's the same way I can't figure out how people in power can tell parents, you don't have a right you know, to know what your children are being taught in crazy. school. It is, it's crazy. You don't have a right in California. At 12 years old, we can vaccinate your kid and they don't have to get permission from you. How do you separate parents from children and think that somebody's gonna go along with that? And I'm saying to myself, Aren't these people in power parents also? Would they want somebody to do that to their children? For the life of me, I cannot understand the mindset here. It makes no sense to me. And look what's happening. It's nonsensical. Like you're saying, crime is everywhere. It's exploding. I mean, you know, I have to say this. My daughter and, and my uh, uh, my two daughters were in L.A. the other day. We used to live in L.A. We now live in Orange County. They came back scared. They said, Dad, we, we can't believe what's happening in Santa Monica in L.A. You can't even walk down the street there. Now, this is one of the this is the heaviest populated city in the country. And it's a major city, L.A., and it's dangerous right now. Well, you've got homeless everywhere who are shooting up. You've got drug dealers everywhere who do very bad things. And, and, and Michael, the sick part is they were given 12 to 13 billion dollars to fix the homelessness problem in California. They blew through it. Now they're asking for more money, and the homeless problem has exploded. We can talk about that probably for another 20 minutes next time. It's Michael Franzese, michaelfranzese.com, F-R-A-N-Z-E-S-E is his last name, michaelfranzese.com. Sign up for the newsletter. Sign up for the for the crew. Go and ingest every single video he does. If he's speaking anywhere near you, go there and do that as well. Michael, I could talk to you for two hours. You know that, my friend. Thank you so much for coming on today with some really smart insight from your former life that really does relate directly to, to what we're facing today. Let's do it again soon, can we? As always, Joe, I appreciate it. You know I'm available anytime to you, my friend. My brother, I appreciate that. We're back after this. Stay right here. Hi, great to have you. Thanks. We appreciate Michael Franzese coming on. Go to michaelfranzese.com. Go become part of his crew. Check out his YouTube channel as well. Always great content there. Roger, got about a minute or so for you. What's happening? Let's go. Hey, Joe. Thank you for uh, being a tree of common sense and a forest of idiots. Try my best, um, my friend. Thank you. I wanted to uh, hear Biden or his ginger Pinocchio translator explain to the American people why we are still purchasing Russian oil and funding Putin's war. Everybody knows these sanctions are idiotic and a joke. And to make matters worse, we've handcuffed our own oil production. So this administration is going to go down in history as the weakest, most feckless uh, administration in the history of the United States. 
All they have to do, and Roger, these are great questions, all they have to do is go back to the Trump policies on energy, start up the Keystone XL pipeline again, get back to oil and energy independence, and become a net exporter again. This way you're not reliant on Russia. We Yes, we buy oil from Russia. As we're complaining about Russia, we are reliant on, on them. We buy oil from Venezuela that hates us. We buy oil from the Middle East, many of whom hate us. We have enough oil and natural resources and energy here. Plenty to take care of our own needs. Yet for some reason, we're not doing it. Why aren't we doing it? Because we have, we have sucky leadership. For four years, we said we will go and get our own natural resources and we will be the envy of the world. And just like overnight, we changed all of that. 1-800-501-78. If you don't want to be on the radio, that's cool. You might be listening to the show after the show's over. Stop by JoePags.com, J-O-E-P-A-G-S dot C-O-M. Scroll down, click on contact. Also, join all the social media. We're back after this. Stay here. This is The Weekend with Joe Pags. America, it's the weekend with Joe Pags. To talk to Joe, call 800 501 7080. And now, the weekend. Here's Joe Pags. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have you along for the ride. Jason Ho at the bottom of the hour. He's from Taiwan. He's ethnically Chinese. He's got some insight into what it is that she is doing now that Russia's moving into Ukraine. So I'll have that for you. Really good information, stuff that you probably didn't know before. So we'll get into that, certainly. We'll definitely get into that. Um, also, I want to talk about masking this hour, which is interesting. A lot of calls still coming in on Russia, Ukraine. We'll make sure we take calls as well. But um, Attorney General Ken Paxton, the great state of Texas, and many other attorneys general are suing the CDC over the masking guidelines. Let's, uh, let's be real here. They're guidelines. They're recommendations. They're not mandates. They're not law. Masks, the cloth masks especially, do not work. You're like, well, what are you talking about? Of course they work. No, no, they don't. They're a placebo, and you've been tricked into believing that they work. They don't work. Here's why. The mask opening, the, the separation between the fibers, is larger than the size of COVID-19. The microns, the microbes, whatever the hell we're calling them. Now, this isn't from me. This is from Dr. Peter McCullough. This is from Dr. Robert Malone. This is from Dr. Richard Urso, Dr. Jesse Lopez. These people are on my show all the time, and they tell the truth. So I had Paxton on the other day, again, the Attorney General of the great state of Texas, and he said, actually, Rand Paul said this first earlier this week on my show. We're being lied to every day, every day. By the airlines. They're lying. They're telling people it's a violation of federal law if you don't wear a mask on a plane. That's not true. Now, do the airlines have the right to say wear a mask? I guess they can they can tell you to, and if you don't, because we're in a post nine eleven world, you have to listen to the flight crew. That's how they're taking people off the planes and handcuffs or or just tell them to get off the plane. They don't want to wear a mask. But there is no mask mandate by the FAA or by the CDC. There just isn't. 
There isn't. Period. No mask mandate. So he's suing the CDC to stop this BS. All of a sudden, yesterday, Friday, the CDC came out and said, you know, we're going to lighten up our mask guidelines. That's interesting. They got sued. Now, they're suddenly starting to get rid of the recommendations. Keep in mind, these are recommendations. These are these are, are not laws. Mandates, in fact, aren't laws, and I've illuminated that for you many, many times. Let's go back to Schoolhouse Rock and see how civics work. If you want to say that Americans must wear a mask and make it law, the House has to come up with a bill, pass it. The Senate needs to get it, pass its own version. They convene the two bodies. They they work it out amongst themselves, then send a bill to the president. The president then signs it, making it law. He vetoes it, which goes back to the House and Senate. They could try to override the, the veto, which is hard. Or he can not do anything, which is called a pocket veto, and still would not be law. But this president probably would sign it because, A, idiot, B, lefty, and agrees with these stupid mandates. He'd sign it, making it law that you have to wear a mask, right? Then we, the American people, can say, well, that's unconstitutional, and take it to the Supreme Court or take it to the court system up to the Supreme Court, which I believe would side with the citizens and say, no, you can't force people who wear masks. There is no law about wearing masks. In recommendation, there are guidelines from the CDC and people have capitulated. In fact, there really isn't even a shot mandate or law. Uh, The Supreme Court said, no, you can't tell private businesses with 100 employees or more that they have to force their employees to show vaccination status or go and get the vax or they're going to get fired. They did leave it in place for those who are working for healthcare facilities that receive Medicaid and Medicare, they somehow are saying that the House somehow said to do that. I don't know. I still disagreed with that one, but they, they actually left that that rule in place. So what does that mean? Well, if your company is making you show a vaccination passport, if your company is making you prove that you've been so-called vaccinated or you've taken the shot, then your company is making that decision on its own. It is not mandated by by the federal government. It's not. Not even medical facilities. All they have to do is turn down Medicaid and Medicare money, which they're not going to do, but they could also say no to that. Now, with the Medicaid and Medicare one, they the exemptions, either religious or medical, have to be accepted now. No more games about that. They can't say, oh, we're, we're, we're looking into it. No, they have to accept it if you've got an exemption. All right, so that's where we are in mandates. The rules are changing The science allegedly is changing. The truth is the political science is changing. And the left is going to, it's going to be a bloodbath in November. For the House, probably for the Senate as well. They're going to be kicked out in large numbers. In fact, many in the House who are Democrats just aren't running again, knowing they're going to lose. So all of a sudden you've got lefty mayors saying things that sound conservative. All of a sudden they care about crime. All of a sudden they care about parents being involved in their their kids' education. All of a sudden, they care to get rid of mask mandates. All of a sudden, we're lightening up the the vaccine mandates. This is all about elections. And keep in mind, if you're thinking to yourself, well, I kind of align with the left, and they are changing. They're not leaving the mandates in place. Maybe I'll still vote for them. I want you to understand something. If you vote for Democrats and they stay in power, 
the day after the election, they'll put the mandates back on. Science didn't change. Science is the same as it's been. They're changing it because they want to get you to vote for them. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Period. End of story. Knock it off. It's really important. By the way, another story that we're not going to have time to get into in depth, but is still very, very important. What Justin Trudeau did in Canada proves he's a wannabe dictator. And if you're listening to me in Canada, and a lot of people do, I found out during the week that a lot of people listen in Canada. Make sure you vote that ass out. Vitao, V-T-A-O, vote that ass out. He cannot continue to be the boss in Canada. He proved who he was, locking up bank accounts, stomping people with horses, sending in, basically putting martial law in place because people were peacefully protesting. There was no rioting. There was no burning things down. There was no ruining buildings. And this is what this guy did. That's what the guy did. He's got to go. Big time. And the trucker convoy, the freedom convoy in Canada, way to go. You showed the world that you can stand up to tyranny. And there's a freedom convoy happening in America today. The other day we had a news story, I think, from Reuters that said more than two dozen trucks will be involved. I'm like, oh, is it 25? That's not many. Well, yesterday I had had a new news story saying it was 1,100 trucks that were involved. And then there were a bunch of pickup trucks and RVs that were joining in. So this is turning into quite a deal. Nancy Pelosi is scared, so she put the fencing up around the Capitol, which is stupid. It's the people's house. And these truckers have not proven to be violent whatsoever. They've proven to be people who are peacefully protesting and showing that freedom and liberty still matters on planet Earth. So that story is certainly very big as well. I would be remiss to not mention that today. 1-800-501-7080, JoePags.com. It's going to be uh, line one and Dave. In Colorado, Dave, what's going on? Hi. Yeah, sir. Uh, love your show. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> a little bit in the defense of that uh, gentleman that was on before your last segment uh, is that uh, I'm pro-life, but uh, we need to let the process go through. And now if we don't have enough smart Republicans that are on uh, you know, the confirmation committee to ask, Okay, are you going to recuse yourself if a position of abortion comes up? Well, I'm not and sure how you're defending the guy who called in. The guy who called in had no had no sense at all and wasn't making a good point. He, he got called out and he sense, lost. What I'm saying, I, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying let's let this process play out because that's where it's going to go. And well, then, well it's, it's going to play out, and the Republicans have to say no to her. She's a horrible candidate. Right, uh, but we got to also pay attention to what the Republicans do. Right, and if they're not going to stand up against it, we need to get them out. I could not agree more. No, I, I, we're not disagreeing. You, you you literally said in defense of the guy who called in before the break. So that's why I said no reason to to defend him. It's a one eight hundred five zero one seventy eighty one eight hundred five zero one seven zero eight zero. A lot of phone calls on the line. A lot of different topics. I want to make sure. That we, um, that we get you all in. A lot of people want to talk about Ukraine and Russia, Supreme Court, certainly. We'll get into that as well. If you want to talk about the Freedom Convoy, we can do that too. Bottom of the hour is going to be Jason Ho from Taiwan, ethnically Chinese, gives us insight into, into Xi, President Xi, what he wants 
And uh, does that necessarily agree with the, with the Chinese Communist Party? It was an interesting conversation. Make sure you keep it here. 1-800-501-7080, JoePags.com. Be right back. Glad to have you the weekend with Joe Pags. Jason Ho at the bottom from Taiwan, ethnically Chinese, and he's got all sorts of great information about what's happening with uh, with this president, Xi, the CCP, why they're suddenly, you know, flying planes over Taiwan now that Russia is invading Ukraine. We'll have all that and then some. Let me go to uh, Debbie, who's in New York. Debbie, what's going on? Hi. Hi, Joe. Great show. Thank you. Joe Biden is ready to move on because we're talking about the Supreme Court pick. We're not talking about Ukraine. We need leadership. We don't have it from him. It's scary. Our country's in bad shape. I'm scared because he's not, he's not a deterrent for anything. Well, he's not. No, the bad actors around the world are going to keep on doing this. And you're right. His cheesy smile yesterday as he is introducing his Supreme Court nominee was ridiculous as we see what's happening around the world. He's out of control. And everyone just stands behind him like dummies with their masks on. And I want to see uh, Kevin McCarthy out there start getting out there and, t- and talking. The Republicans need to step up to the plate and show that they have leadership. Exactly right. I couldn't agree more, Debbie. Thanks. Open line now, one 800 501 If you want to email me, check out all the social media there as well. The TikTok is going nuts lately. We had well, one video about Joy Behar the other day that was um, that's over 550,000 views which uh, is is pretty cool. Uh, they've taken two of my videos down. One they called hate speech, where I literally said exactly what the president said about the Supreme Court nominee. That's somehow hate speech. And then they took another one down for bullying and harassing when I criticized the president. I guess you can't bully or harass the president of the United States, something that I didn't do. I've appealed both of them. We'll see if they get put back up there. We'll go check those videos out. We're also on Truth Social. Truth Social is... President Trump's social media network. It went live on um, on Monday, which is President's Day. Now, you might be on a waiting list. What you have to do, and again, if you're on Google Play or Android, do not download this Truth MAGA or MAGA thing. That's not real. That's not real. That's some sort of a a knockoff. They're trying to get you to, to, to jump on there. That's not the right thing. The right one is um, Truth Social. Go to truthsocial.com and sign up. Click it. You put your email address in. You verify who you are and uh, sign up. You'll be put on a waiting list. They'll let you know when it's time for you to be on there. Now, I've been on here for a while because uh, I was part of the beta testing. I guess if you're a so-called influencer, you get to beta test the app. So I've got it on iOS. It's not on Google Play yet. It's not on Android yet. It's not on a web-based thing yet. It's only on iOS. It's only on uh, Apple... Um, iPhones, and I guess iPads. All right, so keep that in mind. So stop by there. If you're on Truth Social, go follow at Joe Pags, at Joe Pags. Also on Getter, I'm on uh, Parler, we're all over the place. On MeWe, just look for us. If it's a verified account, it's probably going to be me. Let me go back at it. Uh, Charlie's in West Virginia. Charlie, what's going on? Hi. Hey, Joe. First of all, thank you for what you do. Uh, truth is hard to find in the media these days. I uh, uh, appreciate what you do. Secondly, or... Uh, my point is, Joe Biden uh, is the most inept president we've ever had, the most inept administration. He will probably go down as the worst president of the United States, but he 
could have been one of the top ten had he just done the right thing. First off, I, I spent 26 years in the military and 15 years working for as a military as a civilian advisor. Uh, I didn't meet the person who could draw up a worse plan for the, us getting out of Afghanistan. And Afghanistan, we already knew what Biden was, who Biden was, but during the withdrawal of Afghanistan, he proved it to the whole world, and now the whole world's taking notes. Uh, as I said, if he'd, have just, if he'd have just went into office and did absolutely nothing other than whatever Trump said, I'm going to do. Whatever Trump did, I'm going to do. He would look like a genius, but he blew the chance. Well, you and I agree. I, listen, th- thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that, Charlie. And you're right. Um, if he went back to the Trump policies on the border, it would fix the border today. If he went back to the Trump policies on taxes and regulation, it would fix the economy a lot. If he went back to the oil and, uh, and natural resources policies of Trump, that, that would fix it right away and tell OPEC and Russia to pound sand. But instead, he decided that he would follow what the radicals wanted, becomes this, this green idiot. He's suffering from age-related dementia, so he's not doing these decisions anyway. He's just a pawn. The guy's a pawn. That's it. And uh, will he ever go back to what Trump was doing? Nope, because then they'd have to admit that Trump was somehow right. Um, Idaho, Priscilla, what's going on? Hi. Hi, Joe. I would like to tell you and your listeners about an article I read today in the Washington Examiner. Okay. It's about our ex-useless House Speaker Paul Ryan being related to this Supreme Court nominee, Kajani Brown-Jackson. He said in a tweet on Friday that he supports her and that he feels that her, I'm going to read it to you exactly, our politics may differ, but my praise for Katani's intellect, for her character and her integrity is unequivocal. Well, I just don't understand that kind of comment when she is pro-abortion. So... That's all I have to say. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at the actual article, uh, even as we speak, and I'll relate it to the people who are listening right now. Um, Paul Ryan did put out a tweet. Janet and I are incredibly happy for Katanji and her entire family. Our politics may differ, but my praise for Katanji's intellect, for her character, and her integrity is unequivocal. That doesn't make any sense. She is a radical pro-abortionist. She is somebody who is light on crime, and she is somebody who is a progressive, falling out of the car to the left. Um, Paul Ryan continues to tell us who he really is, and uh, we should not be surprised by what he had to say here. Again, I'm all for somebody who is supremely um, somebody who's supremely educated, somebody who's supremely um, um, appropriate for the job. She's not. Now, she's got the education. She seems to be extremely smart. She's just not somebody who is of the value system that most Americans believe in, which is, yes, you punish criminals. No, you don't kill unborn children. And it's not really that hard to understand. And Paul Ryan, again, as I said, really does show us who he is. And that's a darn shame, to be honest. As I, I, I've interviewed the guy. I, I thought that he was a pretty good guy when he was getting the speakership. And it turns out he's not. He, he's, he might be a good man, maybe a good family man, but his politics are not at all what he presented himself to be. 1-800-501-7080, JoePags.com. We come back. It'll be Jason Ho. Keep it right here. This is The Weekend with Joe Pags.
Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this man back. We had him on a, a little while ago, a few months ago. We talked a lot about Taiwan and China and also the technology that China has been able to infiltrate sort of in our, in our military technology. It's uh, Jason Ho. Jason, how are you? Good to see you. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, nice you know, to see you again. It's very good to see you. There's so much going on in the world right now. And things are now different because Joe Biden is the president. And Joe Biden, at least in a, in a global sense, is weaker than Donald Trump was on China, weaker on Russia, weaker on the bad actors in the world. And we're seeing what happened after we left Afghanistan a mess. Um, suddenly, Russia said, we're going to go into Ukraine. And they're doing that right now. And just yesterday, I heard reports that Chinese planes were flying over Taiwan airspace. What is the dynamic between, uh, first of all, when it comes to the leadership in China, which you know so much about, do they really watch and see how strong the American leader is before they take action? I think China is very happy about the administration change because it gives them substantial advantage and to dominate not only over Taiwan, but they think it have a chance and to dominate the world. And that triggers Russia action towards Ukraine, I think partly. And that's an important factor. What is in the Putin's mind. Well, well, does the leadership in China, and that's a great answer, does the leadership in China look at how badly we left Afghanistan and then look how we're not taking any action basically against Russia yet when it comes to Ukraine? Does China think to itself, we can do anything we want with Taiwan now and America's not going to say anything? I think, uh, and uh, first of Afghanistan, Chinese leaders think this is their contribution because and China believe they have a fully infiltrated Taliban. Taliban has become their friend. So they believe they are on top of the Afghanistan situation. Actually, Xi Jinping is quite uh, bragging about uh, how wonderful he is can make uh, Afghanistan turn to their side instantly. But Taiwan and Ukraine extremely different situation. Whatever happened in Ukraine, actually, Xi Jinping is not happy to see. Really? Really? Why not? Why not? And because, and you know, this year extremely important year for Xi Jinping. He wants to be the emperor of China, and for the CCP history, and the only one person, most people know, only one person has done that. That's the CCP's founder Mao Zedong. But actually, there's another person trying actually did that. It's a Mao Zedong's wife, but she has been arrested, diminished, disappeared from the CCP history. So I think Xi Jinping facing a lot of internal challenges. When he wants to be the emperor of the CCP, he's going to be Mao Zedong or he's going to be Mao Zedong's wife. I didn't know I that, that Mao Zedong's wife wanted to sort of become the next empress after he died. Uh, it, was that the thing? She was going to rise to power and others and the CCP made her disappear? That's correct. CCP actually have internal conflicts, and that's why CCP tried to hide this part of history. It was called the Gang of Four, actually. You look at the Wikipedia, you still can find information. Gang of Four suddenly disappeared from the CCP history. So Xi Jinping, if he cannot do something about Taiwan, there's a lot of internal pressure because they made the conditions. If Xi Jinping wants to be the forever emperor, you have to show you deserve it. If you deserve it, and you have to take action about Taiwan. So whatever Putin worked on the Ukraine, make him look extremely bad inside the CCP. Wow. It's uh, Jason Ho. He is the Chief Technology Officer, Techlium Incorporated. Uh, and Jason, I appreciate your time. You are ethnically Chinese. You know a lot about that country, but you're from Taiwan. Um, when it comes to Taiwan and China, like it, with Ukraine and Russia, Russia thinks 
Ukraine, because it's got ethnic Russians there, belongs to them, and they can take it anytime they want. And I think they want to put in at least a prime minister or a president that agrees with Putin. What's the, what's the dynamic with China and Taiwan? Why does China have a claim on Taiwan? Why do they think they, they deserve to take Taiwan as part of China? I think Taiwan and Ukraine are extremely different. And uh, I'm not familiar with the Ukraine history because yeah. I was never in part of that region. Right. It's hard for me to comment about the Ukraine. But uh, from whatever have happened, what I'd have heard, especially Taiwan's very unique situation. And first, because the top level of Taiwanese, top level, the people in power and people in office and people control the majority economies, they are from China. They share the very similar, they have a family ties with those leaders in the CCP, especially they share the similar thinking and similar minds. Okay. And especially China actually is very complicated place. It's more like a united Europe and Xi Jinping is from the, and the, and the Southeast Asia region. And unfortunately, they ties to Taiwanese top leaders. So I think the situation is very different than Ukraine. It is uh, Jason Ho. Hey, Jason, I appreciate your, your commentary. We talked last time about the natural resources that are in Taiwan. I mean, all, all of the chips, I'm a computer guy. I love computer technology. And the chips that we get are very, very expensive now. And they all emanate from Taiwan for some reason. Why is it that, that Taiwan has sort of cornered the market on the natural resources we need to make these chips? What do they have that nobody else has? This is uh, all from the CCP's plan. And that's I trying to explain to people, especially people in D.C. and uh, and with all my efforts, because a lot of people doesn't understand the chip shortage is artificial create is artificially created, and there's no supply chain issue, there's no manufacturing issue, and there's no ecosystem issue. Everything is manufactured because the chip shortage gives the CCP substantial advantage. It's easy to check. Not only I'm saying, you can check a lot of reports talk about. Does PRA has issue for the chip shortage? No. Does China critical industry has problem for chip shortage? No. Why is that? But the US, we face a lot of chip shortage issues. And for example, for the 5G chip, and in the US, I just learned, and the wireless company, major wireless carrier here, and the chip they use, they use actually coming from Huawei because only Huawei has the 5G chip, others doesn't. Wow. And see, and, and we keep talking about how China is trying to infiltrate our technology and our communication system with their chip. Why would only they have the chip? Why, why don't we have the technology? China over the years has stolen a lot of technology from us. We know that. Um, so why is it that China has the upper hand when it comes to 5G? Why, aren't, why don't we have the upper hand? It's very simple. And because technology, a lot of people think this is a very difficult matter. Actually, technology is very straightforward. And technology have two parts. We have intellectual property, the talent, inventing those designs. We have another sector called manufacturing. Okay. Manufacturing for semiconductor, they have two major issues. One is pollution, one is cost. But under CC's plan, they don't care pollution. They have a limited resource to support semiconductor. Based on those two advantages, that's why CCP through Taiwan has fully controlled the semiconductor chip manufacturing facilities. Right. It's, it's kind of amazing to think about it as straightforward. It sounds very complicated, but you're saying that it's really not if you think about it. Why, Jason, do we have a shortage? You know that I'm a gamer. I like playing games on my computer. Um, and, and I just bought a, a computer with a, an RTX 3090 in it. 
Um, and, and that chip or that that board, and for those who don't know what I'm talking about, it's actually a, a graphics uh, um, a computer system. Basically, it's the graphics board that runs what you see on your screen, and you need a very, very high-end one if you're going to play some high-end games. These boards by the manufacturers, the retail price is $600. But to buy it today, if I went and bought one, if you went and bought one, it would be $3,500. Why, why are we paying so much for technology that you say is very available. Who is artificially pushing the prices up? Is it China? Are they? And if so, how are they doing it? And because once China through Taiwan control the manufacturing, because no one wants to do it, especially like a U.S. company, if you want to do the chip manufacturing, for example, like Intel, yeah. they have faced the regulations. They have to resolve the pollution issues. Oh. And they have to get a lot of funding to create one foundry and to produce semiconductor chips. But the Taiwan or China, China, they have no such concern. They have a limited resource because their preference to take the word. Why there's a chip shortage? It's very simple. They know chip is most important device in our daily lives, starting from our everyday works until the national security. They understand if they control the chip, they control the all the nation, control the world. It's uh, Jason O, Chief Technology Officer, Techlium Incorporated. Go to techlium.com. Uh, Jason, so if I'm hearing you right about, about uh, the CCP and, and, and the leader Xi, he's probably going to take action against Taiwan because right now, in the eyes of, of him anyway and the CCP, he looks weak because Russia is taking action, but he hasn't. Do I understand you right? It's very complicated in yeah. China. Actually, Chinese never so simple. If Chinese so simple, they won't be able so successfully infiltrate us, infiltrate even our government branches, right. because they are sophisticated. And uh, Xi Jinping first, he doesn't represent China. Even he doesn't represent the CCP. CCP inside has many factions. He's just one of the factions. This faction endorsed Taiwan to take over the chip strategy. He thinks very successfully and uh, moving forward to control the world. But other factions doesn't think the same as he does, especially Communist Party prefer to circulate the power from one faction to another. Yeah. Now Xi Jinping tried to announce to in the CCP inside, I'm going to be emperor forever. Actually, a lot of unhappy sound happened. So, well, 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 I don't want to stop you because I want to make sure that I understand because what, yeah, sure. what you said I think makes sense to me, but I want to make sure everybody watching and listening understands too. It sounds to me like you're saying the CCP wants a broad communist government in China, whereas Xi Jinping wants to be the, the, the king. He wants to be a that's, monarch to be put on high. That's correct. Yeah. Wow. He wants to be the king. And, but actually, it's not a CCP tradition. You want to be the king. You have to show ability. So it's very interesting for internal and internal conflicts for other factions when and they want Xi Jinping to show their power. Actually, it's not asking Xi Jinping to take over Taiwan, but actually they want Xi Jinping to take over Taiwan for 2029. There's a deadline they put, but they have another very important deadline. They want Xi Jinping to destroy Taiwan semiconductor industry before 2025. They want Xi Jinping to bomb them to show he's really on the CCP side, not on the Taiwan those rich people's side. And what would that do to the world if he took out the, the manufacturing abilities in Taiwan? That would hurt everybody, wouldn't it? That's correct. For That's the, we talk about the Great Reset, right? That's yeah. what the CCP wants. They think if they destroy the chip industry, that's a Great Reset. It's the best chance for Great Reset. Jason, what do, what do they want? If we can say in a very broad sense, because you said they want to take over the world. Well, what does that look like? If, if 
China got, if the CCP got what it wanted, what would the world look like? Everybody would answer to China. Everybody would be in a communist sort of state. No religion, no free rights, no free will. What do they want? And the first, we need to understand the CPCP. CCP is very different than Russia. They, the PA will never fight in the battlefield. That's what I mentioned many, many times. The PA is, doesn't like Russia soldiers. They are afraid losing their life, losing their wealth. Yeah. So they want it's very simple. They want to steal nations. And they want to, if that's possible, they want the Biden to in charge of America forever. Really? You think they, do you think they control Biden? We know that he went there as a vice president. We know that his son Hunter went there and made all sorts of deals with China. We know that he came back and he's, he was in charge of, of handling $1.5 billion of Chinese money. Do they have their grips in, in the Biden family? In the political way, we cannot say he controls Biden. But I would say if Biden in power, it does a lot of favor to the CCP. That's what they want. And, and, and Trump was adding tariffs and he was adding taxes. And he said we have to be more fair. And China didn't like that. So they were happy to see him go. Definitely. You can see and the, how media aggressively attacking Trump and how media try to remove anything and talking negatively about the CCP. But the media is okay attacking Russia, so you can see the difference. Last question for Jason. Oh, this is great information. I appreciate you coming on. You need to come back more. Um, when it comes to criticizing China for how they're treating the Uyghur Muslims, when it comes to criticizing China for no human rights and attacking religion, when it comes to, uh, to, to saying anything bad about China, people in this country who are making a lot of money from China, like the NBA, basketball, like other big sports, other big Hollywood. They own a bunch of Hollywood studios now. Um, they also have these Confucius institutions that are being pushed away now, but they were infiltrating our school system. This was very, very smart by them. I don't like what they're doing, but it was brilliant that they spent all this money, got control of all of these different institutions in America, and literally, if I say something against Xi, I'm called a racist like I hate Chinese people. And by the way, as you know, I adopted a Chinese baby. So yeah, uh, I, I, I can see you're not racist. Right, right exactly, <laughs> exactly right. But that's the game they play, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. Okay. I just want to jump out to say, Please. I'm Chinese. I will say, criticize she. She doesn't represent the Chinese. She doesn't, even she does cannot represent the CCP. Everything is in question. And this country has been suffered so much by CCP's aggression. And... Uh, the, the issue is, and this is a natural integration, that's from the CCP point of view, and why those chi China CCP influence can so much well execute it and, uh, to the U.S. big corporations because, and from CCP point of view, they are all a kind. Very easy for them to infiltrate. And especially, I would like to say, definitely Uyghur's problem and uh, those human rights problems, but there's another issue, and the media try to ignore, that's Christian. And... Supposedly, China has 70 million Christians. Wow. Now, only a few million left. And a, a lot of news doesn't want to talk about Are it. Are they just disappearing? And most and the pastors, whoever in the and church service, first, all, most church has been taken down. And, uh, and also, most pastors are now in jail. So people are just afraid. Jason, I appreciate the insight. I appreciate the knowledge. Come back again very soon. It's Jason Ho. Go check him out, techlium.com. Um, thank you so much for your knowledge. I really do appreciate you giving us insight that other people in this country won't talk about. Come back soon, okay? Sure. Definitely. Appreciate you. All right. My we're, pleasure. We're back after this. Stay right here.
Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. We appreciate Jason Ho uh, being on the program today. Stop by my Rumble, R-U-M-B-L-E. Download the app for your for your device or just go there, rumble.com, and look up Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. You'll see the Franzese interview. You'll see the Ho interview. You'll see the, um, the Vika interview from Ukraine. Go and check that out. They're all up and running there. That's where I put all my videos now. I don't put anything up on YouTube anymore. On YouTube, they still have my old stuff. I didn't take it down, but uh, but there you go. Uh, go and check it out on Rumble. That's where I put the videos. And uh, after the program, just a programming note, if you're listening live at 3 p.m. Eastern, um, at noon East, or noon Pacific, on Saturday, I do something called J-Pod, Joe Pags Overtime. Where I'll do a little bit of singing, hanging out with the people. We're not going to talk a lot of politics. We don't do that at, at all. Just stop by JoePags.com and click on Watch Now. That'll take you to my Twitch channel. Well, you'll you'll see me live. I'll be singing some songs, talking about stuff, and just hanging out. Let me uh, see. We I think we've got time for a phone call. A quick phone call here. Let me say hello to line four and Dan in Michigan. Come on, Dan. What's happening? Uh hello there, Joe. Uh, Hi. I called it about uh, well, Putin's army isn't as strong as uh, uh, people think it is. I think he's okay. afraid of NATO and. Uh, he did commit his uh, uh, his whole all his forces uh, to to the battle. Um, I think that's why he uh, uh, made that uh, that threat with that nuclear threat uh, several days ago in his speech. Yeah, he didn't say nuclear, but I mean that's what people assumed he meant. It sure sounded like it. And I think, yeah, he just you know, he, yeah. he, he just used that as a, a bluff to uh, keep NATO off his back. Well, I hear you. Listen, I, I, I don't deny what you're saying to be true, but if he is not as strong as he pretends, if he's weaker than uh, than he's saying, why do it? Why go into your neighbor at all? I, I still, to this moment, don't understand, unless he's trying to reunify the Soviet Union, why do you do this? Uh, is it to save the money on the pipeline? Because uh, Ukraine stood to make a lot of money every year is it because he just doesn't like um Zelensky I mean why do this just to replace the the regime are you going to make it Russia it's very very odd but I know this um the world stood back and and let him do it very strange just let him do it 1-800-501-7080 no time for more calls I appreciate you hanging out today it is the weekend with Joe Pags. That's Damien. I am Joe Pags. Make sure you check out the website, JoePags.com. Go and sign up for the newsletter. Contact me with the email. Have a great weekend. Bye. This is the weekend with Joe Pags.